I want everyone to turn to Luke chapter 1 uh, and uh, just let me begin to share with you. I, I thought, what am I going to call this message? And I tried to think of something very, uh, you know, uh, studious sounding. But then I backed off and realized I'm not very studious. So I'm calling this message today, Liz and Zach and the Atmosphere of Faith. Everybody say Liz and Zach. I speak of Elizabeth and Zacharias. And so, uh, uh, Zacharias, who, by the way, are the parents of who? John the Baptist. Good. We've got some theologians in the house. And so, uh, I'm going to share that message with you, and it's going to bring you to a place of, of, of uh, challenge and insight about what God is saying to you and how you and I could live in an atmosphere of faith. So with that in mind, let's pray together. Let's open up our hearts. I'm going to invite our guests that are here with us today to open up your, your heart to the thought that, hey, I'm not here just because a baby was dedicated. I'm here because God may be speaking to me. And I want to be open to what he has to say. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the word of God. I thank you, Lord God, for, for, for revelation and insight as we look to the word of God to gain insight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Luke chapter 1 and 2, of course, is the Christmas story, as we call it. But it's not just a story. When you use the word story, it kind of makes you think of a, you know, a fable or a fairy tale. How many of you know Jesus Christ really did come to planet Earth through the Virgin Mary? Are you with me? Say amen. And so I'm reading to you a historical account and Kobe's not here, he's with his family, but last Wednesday, Kobe shared a great message on how to look to Scripture and understand how you glean the Word, you understand what you're reading. And we're reading history, but we've got a revelation from God because the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for training and, and correction and training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be uh, complete, lacking in nothing. So we embrace the Word of God today just as that it's the Word of God. Let me just quickly summarize these two chapters for you. The first chapter begins with the angel visiting uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, primarily Zacharias in the beginning. He's the priest and he's going in to do his priest duties and when he gets inside uh, uh, there in the holy place the angel visits him and speaks to him and tells him that his wife Elizabeth who is they are well past the age of bearing children she is what she is barren she cannot have children we'll talk more about that in a moment and and so he speaks to the angel speaks and people are thinking man what's happened to Zacharias how come he's tarrying so long there in the presence of God and and so the angel uh he says what's going to happen and he talks about his uh soon coming son and 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 Zacharias he kind of falters a little bit and, and he says, how can this be since we're so old and my wife has been barren? And so the angel recognized he had a lack of faith at that moment. Now, this is key to understand as we build this case for you living in the atmosphere of faith. Uh, the angel said, okay, I see that you're, 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 you have a, a lack of faith. I'm going to do you and me and the will of God a big favor. I'm going to shut your mouth. And so for nine months plus... He was mute. And, and we'll see in just a moment that when, when John was born, he, his mouth was open. How many of you know sometimes, just a side note, our words can undermine the will of God for our life. And so uh, that's what happened. And then the next scene is this, the angel visiting Mary. 
uh, and, and speaking to her and shows up in her. And let me just say, I don't have time to affirm it to you, but little Mary, how old she was, 17, 18, I don't know. She was a woman of faith. In fact, when the angel shows up, it didn't seem to bother her at all. She just wanted some explanation. How can this be since I don't know a man? And then the angel says to her, hey, the Holy Spirit, verse 35, will come upon you. You can pick up with me. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. How many of you know that rock your world? That doesn't seem to blow her mind. It seems that something on the inside of her was so in tune with the will of God for her life, she didn't question that thought. She just wanted to know how. And it says this, uh, uh, the Holy One, he'll be called the Son of God now indeed. This is important. I'll show it to you in a moment. Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Everyone say, for with God, nothing will be impossible. I love that angelic declaration. I just need, all of us need to embrace that. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're believing for. With God, nothing is impossible. Then catch this. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word, And the angel departed from her. Now, this is Pastor Sam's uh, little thoughts here. I believe that's the point where the Holy Spirit and her came together and she was supernaturally conceived of the Holy Ghost. When she said, be it unto me according to your word. Now, that's a woman of faith. She didn't have one question about an angel showing up and talking to her. She didn't have one question about the Son of God uh, living on the inside of her. The only question she had is, how can this happen if I've not known a man? I just need a little explanation. How many of you know God's more than willing to give you a little explanation? And he did that in her behalf. Now, here's a key point. This is what I want you to begin. I'm going to show you what I'll call Luke's important phrase. And here it is in verse 39. Now Mary arose in those days. Everyone say in those days. Tell your neighbor in those days. Mary arose in those days. What days? Well, I just defined, I just described to you those days. But here's what I want you to see about those days, in those days. I believe, in fact, uh, I, I probably won't go through them all. I'll just mention them to you. Luke uses this phrase a number of times in his, in his gospel. And I believe that when you look at those, uh, the, the, the way he uses them, and then he, he was the author of Acts as well. He uses that a couple of times in Acts. He's defining what I'll call prophetically significant days. In those days. He's just not talking about, well, back in, you know, the early. No, he's defining because every time he uses this, he's talking about something very significant. How many of you know the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ on planet Earth was a prophetically significant days? 
And so Luke is giving an account. In fact, if you went back to the beginning of Luke, he's writing to Theophilus. He said, it seemed good to me, verse 3, also having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you are instructed. So, So the good doctor, how many of you know Luke's a doctor? He's giving some important insights, some prophetically significant days. And I want you to catch that because I believe God has us in the midst of some prophetically significant days. You know, you go to Luke chapter 2, you can probably see it. Look in verse 1 and 2. And it came to pass when? In those days. Everyone say in those days. I want you to leave here. When you leave here, even if you don't remember all I said, I want this to be wrote in those days. What, what was he talking about when he said in those days? And if you went through Luke chapter 4, verse 2, when Jesus is, is being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, there's the phrase again, in those days. How many of you know that Jesus, a uh, public or really biblical account of being victorious over the devil by the word of the Lord is a significant day? And so I see Luke using in those days to define prophetically significant days. If you moved on down to Luke chapter 5, verse 35, he's talking about a time uh, 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 of Jesus' return and the bridegroom, that is Jesus. It says, basically, the bridegroom will be taken. How many of you know when, uh, when, when Jesus, in fact, the first ascension, that was a significant day? So we see that when he uses in those days, it's a prophetically significant day. Luke chapter 6, when he's picking the 12 apostles. How many of you know that's a prophetically important day? It says in those days. And then there's a prophecy about Jerusalem's destruction. In Luke chapter 21, verse 23, and concerning that, that, that destruction of Jerusalem, it says... What does it say? In those, everybody say it. In those days, signifying, again, prophetically important, significant days. And then when you move into the New Testament, pardon me, into Acts, when Luke writes concerning the birth of the church, Acts chapter 1, verse 15 uh, the church is about to be born, it says, and, and there was some need for some order to come and some, some uh, leaders to be established before the Holy Spirit was poured out. How many of you know God's a God of structure and form? And he's putting this thing together. And before the Holy Spirit's poured out, they're going to set in some new leaders. And it says, in those days. And then when you move on in to Acts chapter 2, you'll see in verse 18, he's quoting the prophecy in Joel concerning the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it says, it shall come to pass, somebody say, in those days. Now, I came to tell you that I believe that we are living in some prophetically important days. And I want to show you something today. Think about your days. You read these days and you look at your days. Man, my days are kind of boring. Man, I, whoo, you know, my day, you know, I went fishing Friday. Whoo. I caught some flounder and some, some, uh, and you know what, you know what gave us great success? We prayed before we left. We asked the Lord to give us bait and put the bait in the fish's mouth and it all worked. 
wasn't my faith, it was Tony Wilson's faith. Uh, hey, but it were, I went fish, we had a great time. Now, I, I think about my days, some of my days, they're just, and I think, oh, how could that be prophetically significant? I'm thinking on a bigger level now. I want you to begin to get out of the humdrum of your daily life and begin to realize that God has a plan for you. He has a plan for us. And he, we are living as a church family, as a nation, as, a, as the world, in what I believe are prophetically significant days. In fact, if you went back to Acts chapter 2 in the prophecy of Joel, he said, It shall come to pass in the last days that I shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh. How many of you know the age of the church in which we live are prophetically significant and important days? So I'm just trying to convince you of something. I hope it worked. That we as they are living in prophetically significant and important days. Interesting thought. I want to look at Mary. Now, what did she do as soon as the, as the Holy Spirit came upon her and she conceived of the Holy Spirit? Let me show you this. Here it is again. I read it to you. Verse 39. Now, Mary arose. Everybody say it. In those days. And where did she go? She went to Elizabeth. And I'll, let me just back up. She went to Liz and Zach's house. And she stayed there about three months. And when she arrived, you know the story. When she arrived, uh, they, you know, back then, they, you, she didn't text her, Liz, I'm on my way. BFF and LOL. None of those things. She just arrived. And when she arrived, you now remember Elizabeth, now she's, She's great with child. A miracle has happened. In fact, if you go back, what did the angel say? Hey, she's in the sixth month. And, and, and Elizabeth, who was called barren, is in her sixth month. No, so what's in, what's in Mary's mind? A miracle has happened. Because old barren Liz is bearing a child. Now, and so they get, and what happens when they come together and they greet one another? Uh, Elizabeth says, whoo, what happened on the inside? John went, whoo, thank you, Jesus. And he jer- jerked in her womb. In fact, the Bible says John was filled with the uh, uh, Holy Spirit from, in his, I think in his mother's womb. So he was full of the Holy Ghost. Now, I believe, I believe the Bible, every bit of it. Now, come on now. And so, and, and so John witnessed and jumped in her womb and she went, whoo, I'd love to have been there to see that. And they just praised God and, and, and Elizabeth spoke a blessing and she just said, and, and Mary didn't say one thing. Mary didn't say, guess what happened to me? I'm pregnant with the Holy Ghost and the Son of God's living on the end. Didn't say that. Elizabeth said, whoo, this is Pastor Sam's interpretation. I'm looking at the mother of my Savior. She knew what was going on. And so, and then Mary kicks back in a big praise. You can see that in chapter 1, verse 46, uh, and a long praise. And then verse 56, and Mary remained with her about three months. Everyone say three months. What's that in days? 90 days. And returned to her house. Now, just a little math. Let me, let me show you this. A little math. What did the angel say when... when uh, he spoke to Mary. How far along was Elizabeth? She's six months. How long did Mary stay? Three months. 
Now, I, it doesn't say this, but Mary may have been there for the birth of John the Baptist. If not, Elizabeth was waddling around, ready. Now, here's what I want you to see. And this is what I'm getting to. Think about what was going on inside of Mary. In fact, let me ask you this question. How did this happen? Well, the Holy Ghost did it. Not without Mary's cooperation. Not without her faith. And so let me give you Pastor Sam's hypothesis. Any teachers in the house? I know i got a couple. You know what a hypothesis is. It is a what? Educated guess. I learned that. There's a few things I learned in school. Somebody say, bless him, Lord. There's a few things I didn't learn in school. It's an educated guess. Pastor Sam's hypothesis concerning what I just described to you. And here it is. For the first 90 days of Mary's immaculate conception, she needed to be in an atmosphere of great faith. She had got the word of the Lord. She said, be it unto me according to your word. And then God, hey, the angel said to her, hey, this has already happened to Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth's had a miracle in her life. Now, I don't know what was going on in Mary's family, but I'm going to tell you, if my daughter came to me and said, uh, uh, Mom, let me just throw this out at you. I've got a baby inside me, but I haven't known a man. The Holy Ghost did it. <laughs> How many of you parents be going, what you been smoking, girlfriend? I believe my hypothesis is that Mary understood that in order for this seed to continue to grow inside of her, she needed to be in an atmosphere of faith until she could see it with her eyes. And whether she saw the miracle of John being born or not, and, and about three months, something on the inside of her started validating what she already knew was on the inside of her. Are you with me? Say amen. And let me tell you, that's what faith is all about. How many of you know there's a span of time between amen and there it is? When God gives you a word and he begins to speak to you, there is a season of gestation. Conception may come, but let me tell you something. If you don't tend to yourself physically and spiritually, there's a, there's a, and, and how many of you know, uh, women, a lot of times it's those first three months where you're going, oh, am I, am I not? In fact, Laura sent me a picture. She finally went to the doctor, sent me a text and said, well, okay, uh, let's confirm it. I'm not crazy. I really am pregnant. In other words, something on the inside of her had a little question mark until somebody at the doctor's office said, hey, you were reading it right, Larbeth. You are great with child. And so, so here's what I see. Mary knew that something profound was going on and she needed to be in an atmosphere of faith. It does not say that the angel said to her, you better get down to Elizabeth's house. But something on the inside of her said, I need to get down to Elizabeth's house. I need to be in an atmosphere of faith while this thing proves itself out in my life. And that's what I want to talk to you for the next 15 minutes. Because here we are, church family. We're finishing up the year. And I believe the Holy Spirit's spoken to us a word that 2015 is a year of evangelism and harvest. 
That's a seed. But what do we got to do? In fact, did you know we've designated for you that are visiting with us, March 15th is Friend Day. It's a big evangelistic effort. Last week, our, our evangelist friend Scott Camp was here. How many of you here last week? Whoo, man. If you weren't here, you need to get online and listen to him speak the prophetic word over us and stir within us the evangelistic fervor and fire. You better do it. Look at, I just challenge you. You better do it. Look at your neighbor and say, you better do it. If you weren't here, you, because I told him, you come and you stir the fire of evangelism within us. And, and, and he did. And he'll be back March 15th. Did you know we're about 90 days out? We're about 90 days out from Friend Day on March 15th when we either validate what we say is going on or it slips through our fingers. Did you know we can abort the will of God with a lack of concern, care, commitment, or lack of faith? And oh, we don't want to do that. Look at your neighbor and say, we don't, we don't want to do that. And so in these 90 days, I believe, uh, hey, we're, the word is in the embryonic stages and we need to rally together as a church family and, 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 and find ourselves in an atmosphere of faith and guard the word of the Lord and prepare for the word of the Lord in our life. And I could just see Mary as she's watching uh, uh, Elizabeth in, in, in those three months and, oh, man, uh, ooh, that, yeah, I, oh, ooh, uh, let's just say she saw the birth. Ooh, okay, I get it. I know where I'm headed. She is preparing herself for the first Christmas morning. When the Christ child, the Savior of the world, would be birthed into planet Earth to save us from our sins. And she embraced the word of the Lord and then she validated it through faith and she lived in a 90 days of an atmosphere of faith. Now, here we go. I'm going to give you in the next couple of minutes some thoughts about, let's learn from Zach and Liz. Okay. You want to do that? Let's learn from them and let's just, and, and just uh, embrace some things from their life that'll help us build, if you will, an atmosphere of faith in our life. Here we go. Zach and Liz, let's learn some things from them. Number one, I see in them. Now you can go back. Now we're going to, I summarized it. I'm going to, I'm going to show you some cute, some cool verses about the atmosphere of faith that God had established for Mary there in the beginning of the, of the early stages in that embryonic stages of the Christ child being, being, uh, conceived in her heart. And, and where was she headed? Zach and Liz. Let's look at Zach and Liz for a moment. They reflect the atmosphere of faith that is necessary for God's will and word to be realized and confirmed and established. Here they are. I'm going to give you seven quickly. Number one, they were a righteous people. Look what it says in verse six of chapter one. And they were both, speaking of Zach and Liz, they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. How many of you know that's the atmosphere God wants to move in your life. If we stop right there, could I tell you today, as mamas and daddies and brothers and sisters, if you want God's will in your life, you got to begin to live the life and begin to yield yourself to the governance and guidance of God in your life and realize that for by grace you're saved. It's not by works of righteousness, which we do. He gave us his righteousness and we just get to walk in it. We find Zach and Liz, they even, hey, they were living in what we would call an Old Testament 
understanding of God. They didn't have, uh, even though they were, as we'll see, they were spiritual people. They pressed through and they walked righteous before God. They were a righteous people. And for us church, if we're going to see God work in our life and in this church in 2015, we got to clean it up a little bit. Maybe a lot. We've got to let the Holy Spirit come and cleanse our hearts and cleanse our lives and create within us a clean heart and prepare our hearts and prepare our lives and build an atmosphere of faith by yielding ourselves to the blood of Christ that washes us white as snow. Zach and Liz were a righteous people. Number two, they were a tenacious people. Hey, they were under an adverse lifestyle. Now, he's the priest, but his wife was what? She was barren. They had no child, verse 7 says, because Elizabeth was barren. Now, if you know anything about that day, you know that was looked upon even as a curse from God. So here's, here's Zach trying to be, do his priestly duties and all the while everybody. In fact, what does the angel say about her? Everybody calls her barren. Now get the picture. She lived her life as she began to grow up, got married, and didn't have kids. Everybody, hello, Elizabeth, you're the barren one. There's the barren one. How many of you know, you'd have to be a pretty tenacious, persistent, spirit-filled Christian not to punch somebody in the nose over that. Are, are you with me? Say amen. amen. And that was the life. In fact, let me, let me show you this. Look over in verse 36 let me, uh, of this same chapter. What does it say? It says, now, Elizabeth, yeah, that's the one I wanted to quote. Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called, what? Barren. Verse 25, then the Lord has dealt, this is what the angel said, then the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked, looked upon me to take away my reproach. That's what uh, uh, Elizabeth said. She's, she said, he took away my reproach among the people. This woman lived a life of reproach. And so we look at Liz and Zach. They're the atmosphere of faith. How did they do that under all of that? By the grace of God in their life. A righteous people, a tenacious people, and a spirit-filled people, even before the Holy Spirit was actually poured out. It says in Luke one forty-one concerning, uh, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then we see even, even Zach, once the child is born and his mouth is open, he was, verse 67, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, these are attributes. And so they were a spirit-filled people. And we've got to be a right, if we want that same atmosphere in our life and in our church, we've got to be a righteous people, a tenacious people, and a spirit-filled people who are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Give God an atmosphere that he can go to work in. Amen. I'm going to ask the computer person just to hit that. Let's move ahead. Not only the spirit-filled people, but we see them as a praying people. I see why they didn't hit it. It's backwards. What did the angel say to Zach when he showed up? I have heard your prayer. Now get this. They were tenacious and persistent in the face of of, of of being ostracized in a sense by their own family and community, but they didn't quit praying. Now, that'll build an atmosphere of faith. They were praying people. And the angel said, I heard your prayers. Let me draw you a picture. 
on the first Sunday of January, somewhere over here, somewhere, Jim's going to put it up. We've got a big wooden cross. And on that cross, we're going to put the names of all your friends and family who need to be saved. And we're going to begin to pray for them. January 11th, we begin a 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we'll, for 21 days, we'll be praying and fasting for them and preparing the atmosphere of faith. Somebody said, I don't know about my family. Well, hush your mouth, Zach. I don't know about... Ah! Don't say that. Let's start praying for them. So we're going to pray for these lost people to be saved. And that's Zach and and Liz were praying people. They were not only praying people, but they were word of faith people. Now, let me throw this out to you and we'll be done in just a second. Look over in Luke chapter 1, verse 42. I want to to show you (coughs) what what, uh, Elizabeth said when the the baby leapt in her womb. She said, verse 43, uh, uh, verse 42, that she spoke out with a loud voice. Now, I like that. I can't mimic her. But she spoke out with a loud voice. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who, what? Believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which we were to, which were told her from the Lord. Now, she got all that from the Lord. She, she, didn't, she wasn't repeating what she'd heard from Mary. She was a word of faith person. She spoke it out. Listen, I'm going to tell you of your lost friends and loved ones who are hanging on this cross over here, who Jesus was hung up for their hang-ups. We're going to be praying for them. We're going to begin to say, thank you, Jesus, that old knothead Uncle Ed is going to be born again March 15th on Friend Day because I'm going to bring them. I'm going to pray Pray for them. I'm going to ask God to touch their life. God's going to break them off of, uh, uh, of sin and trouble. My, my brothers or sisters or friends and family or work associates who are, who are hooked on drugs and alcohol, they're going to be here Sunday morning on March 15th and the Spirit of God's going to hit them and deliver them from the drugs and alcohol. They're going to be born again and serve the Lord all the days of their life. Now, that's what I'm talking about today. And the seed is, is, is embryonic. But it takes a people who are willing to nurture the word and the will with a righteous lifestyle, a tenacious, persevering attitude and a praying spirit and a spirit-filled life and a speaking the word of faith. And then not only were they a word of faith people, but they were a praising people. Oh, they praised the Lord. In fact, when Zach's mouth was open, in fact, we already mentioned Zach, he didn't quite have it like Liz had it. And so God said, I'm going to help you today. I'm just going to shut your mouth for nine months. But then when it happens, I'll let you open your mouth. And you know what he begins to speak? He begins to speak word of faith. And he begins to prophesy. And he begins to praise the Lord. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. That's an atmosphere of faith. I've always said praise is the language of faith. And then finally, they were a prophetic people. You look at Zach and Liz both, they were speaking prophetically. 
into their world. Did you know the word of the Lord will rise up in us to begin to declare, not just name it and claim it, but declare it under a prophetic mandate from God. My children shall live and breathe and declare the glory of God. A prophetic insight. Hey, that's an atmosphere of faith. And what do we do? We've got to stir that up in this house. We've got to begin to jump on board. We need to embrace these days as they embraced those days. This is our season, our time. Souls are in the balance. Friends and families, futures are in the balance. And right here in this place, God is looking for a people who will let Zach and Liz lead them into an atmosphere of faith until the word of the Lord is realized in their life. And you may be here today and you, you have a hope and a dream that, oh man, I hope maybe somehow my family and you just, you want God's plan and things don't look good. Listen, this is a great atmosphere for God's will to begin to be realized in your life. Because here at Church on the Rock North, we're endeavoring to be a righteous people and a tenacious people and persevering. You know, we've been here, how long, have we been, how old are we? Beverly, where our church has been here a long time. How much? 18 and a half years. You know, if I can keep cranking them out and getting up these steps, we'll keep going. We're not going to quit. We're not going to back up. We're going to be a praying people, a spirit-filled people. 2015, embrace it. A year of evangelism and harvest. God wants to use each one of you in the next 90 days. Listen, I'm not talking about some. What did Jesus say? Don't say four months, then come the harvest. He wants to begin using you now for the harvest. And you don't have to wait till 90 days. Hey, you can bring them here and they can get born again. In fact, right now, if you're here and you're lost and you know you don't know Christ, all you've got to do is have faith in the finished work of Christ. He died for me on the cross, paid a great price for my sin. Three days later, he rose again. I believe what he did for me. I accept him into my heart and life. I put my trust in him. I ask him to forgive me of my sin. You know what the Bible says? You're born again by faith in what he's done for you. And so as we close today, the seed is in the embryonic state. And for the next 90 days, church family, we've got to be this kind of people. And I would encourage you right now, if you, if you haven't taken notes, to get your camera on your phone out and take a picture of those seven thoughts. And say, this is what I need to be. This is what we need to be. We need to let Zach and Liz lead us into an atmosphere of faith where the Word of God can come. And then on March 15th, on Friend Day, we go, whoo, there it is. There's the harvest that God has planned for us. Let's stand together today. Before we leave this place, I know it's right up noon. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you know, a few Sundays ago, the Sunday before the evangelist, I thought, well, let me just throw it out and just see. Just threw out the net just a little bit. And two people just immediately raised their hands. One lady, uh, uh, what's her name, Beverly? Uh, Linda Dagon. Linda, are you here? There she is. Linda immediately lifted up her hand. 
And I thought, man. And I heard later that she said, I came here to get saved. And she did. You may be here today. You may have not come from baby dedication. You may come to get saved. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. I won't be in a moment. It doesn't take long, Linda, does it, to get saved? If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, it's something on the inside of you like Linda says, you know what, I know I don't know him. I know that I'm, I'm out from under his banner of blessing in my life. And I want to, by faith, invite him into my heart to be the Lord and the leader of my life. I want to be saved. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, lift your hand wherever you are. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I will lead you to the, to the throne. I'll, I'll help you be born again today if you'll just trust me and trust the Lord here. If that's you today, you can say, Pastor Sam, I just want to be saved. I want to know him. Lift your hand wherever you are. I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. Anyone else, lift your hand. I want to know, I want to know for certain that, he, that I am his and he is mine. Anybody else, lift your hand. I'm going to ask everyone here today as we pray in just a moment. If you're not born again, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you're here today and you know you're a Christian, but you're kind of you're kind of not out, you're not under the banner of His blessing. You've been living life on your terms and wanting Him to bless it. And today you want to return to the banner of God's lordship in your life. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you are. Amen. Anybody else? Let's pray together. Father, today we thank you for those that are here, those who've lifted their hands. Lord, we all pray this together. I want everyone to pray this prayer with me together. And let's just make a great covering of faith over this house today for those who lifted their hands. Everyone pray this out loud with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for the word of God. I believe what you've done for me. That you came to earth and paid a great price with your own life and died on a cross for my sin. I believe that today. And I thank you that you rose again the third day so I too could have a new life. I believe your word. I believe you're the Lord and the Savior of my soul. I invite you into my life to be the Lord and the leader of my life. From this day forward, I will endeavor to serve you. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big praise and thank Him today for what He's doing.